What's up, everybody, and welcome to uh, probably the most exciting episode of the Little so Big Castle. So excited right now. Uh, we are recording and uh, coming at you live from CES 2015 in Las Vegas at the Sony booth. So if you're watching the video, like we're on their stage, yeah, we right are literally now. on the Sony stage. We turned on the um, lights. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves right now, to be honest. And uh, we have we look good. Did I mention that we look damn good? Way good. We are, well, mm. we're lit up correctly for the first time. I was, I know. Yeah, this is this is about as good as it gets. So we're super excited to be coming at you today, uh, and we are kind of in an express mode. We've been lent the booth briefly, so much to see though, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, we got to get out there. There's a ton to see, ton to talk about. So we're gonna just uh, skip over the traditional like weekly wrap up that we do and jump right into some of the news that's come out this week, so that you can stay informed as far as you know what's happening in the Sony world right and now. And then we'll give you kind of um, our impressions and uh, experience for CES 2015 thus far. So Drew, sir, is going to take over uh, the news. All right, so five quick quick hits of news today. Uh, first thing is that the PlayStation 4 passed 18.5 million sales worldwide. Kind of, a, kind of a big deal. Damn. It's a big number. That's all we can say yeah. about that. It's, it's been fast. It's been really fast. They're doing quite well. Uh, second bit of news is that uh, Nyko has announced an external memory accessory for your PlayStation 4 now. So you're not stuck with 500 gigs or whatever it is. It's like so a little hat. There's a sweet picture of it that'll just sit right on top of the machine. In fact, they've formed it to look exactly like it's part of your machine. And now you can throw external hard drives onto your PlayStation. So, so many games. Right, absolutely. And so not only does this create um, additional memory and, and hard drive space for your games, but also for music, movies, uh, etc. I mean, it, it basically expands your PlayStation 4 into the realm of more of a like home Everything. theater, home entertainment um, kind system. of server system. Yeah, exactly. So it's very cool. And, and the design is slick, man. It, it looks like it was designed to fit on... I mean, to fit on and be a part of the PlayStation 4 ecosystem. So it's very exciting. And that was announced at this CES just earlier this week. So it's very exciting. So there's a little bit more going on, of course. The uh, winners of the PlayStation Blog 2014 Game of the Year Awards were announced. So there's, uh, pulling this off the blog, but Destiny, of course, hit the Game of the Year. So this is, so it's, it's important to understand this is um, from votes, from, from the people playing the games. So uh, yeah, this isn't like an industry panel. This is this is like straight up public voting from gamers. Exactly. Right. So um, it gives a breakdown of the PS4 games, PS3 games, Vita, um, PlayStation Plus. So we'll go and list the top four for each platform. Um, so I'll start with the uh, editors PS4. editors choice picks. So this of course PS4 editors choice. No, oh, this is straight, this is straight PS4, yeah. right? Okay. So people's pick. So so Destiny's the the uh, people's pick for the PS4 with uh, first place going to Dragon Age. Well, this is platinum. This is like lead grand. It gets the shiniest trophy. Come on. Yeah, well, this is still gold, silver, third. That's one, two, three. This is but this is like platinum. That's what I'm saying. Don't you, that's don't like you know what a trophy is? Master. That's what I'm saying. Gold still gets first, but Grandmaster is, no. is the platinum. All right, Grandmaster. so then in order, Destiny, then Dragon Age Inquisition, Infamous Second Son, and then Far Cry 4. Which Far Cry 4, did, it didn't have that much of a run through 2014. It was towards no, the end. No, which is really so surprising. So an impressive showing, right? Or it was on their mind. So last, last week, for last week's episode, we had our Game of the Year episode where we discussed this. And quite frankly, like I forgot that Infamous came out this year. Um, that probably would have been on my list had I remembered. So, um, yeah, I think that's a solid that's a solid rundown. It's a good rundown, yeah. I would have swapped Far Cry and Dragon Age for me personally, but yeah, great great pick. So for PlayStation Three, 
Do you want to know? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Do. So for PlayStation 3, the uh, Grandmaster is Dark Souls 2, followed by... Followed by South Park, The Stick of Truth. It's strange to me. That actually shocks me. Right? It kind of makes me want to play oh, wow. it. Who doesn't love Yeah. Um, and then uh, third place would be Destiny for the PlayStation 3, and the fourth one is also Far Cry 4 for the PlayStation 3. So is that Stick of Truth? Is that like... It's, it's uh, phallic. I mean, just like when I think of South Park and Stick, I just think some. I just, just think penis. No, yeah, that's. I mean, the entire game is satirical. I mean, it's a South Park game, right? It's satirical in nature, and basically, uh, Cartman gets the Stick of Truth, which is a wand that turns him into a wizard, and so it's this medieval RPG set in South Park. It's very funny. Um, can I take the the Vita games? Because uh, the number one game yes, for Vita this year. This is my jam. It's Child of Light. Um, Made by Ubisoft, uh, it's their kind of non-indie indie game, and uh, I've talked a lot about this game over the course of the last year. Um, it's a game that I love playing with my daughter. Very, very good game. So it's um, it's one of those things that just to me is so deserving of the recognition that it's getting. So I'm really excited. Uh, coming in a second, The Binding of Isaac That's Rebirth. Gold. gold is still first. Gold is. As, <laughs> as the, as is the like Drew zero? counts, first is The Binding of Isaac. No, I don't think any of us did. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Robin did. Uh, if anyone else donated Vita, played it and do I, it. It was weird and strange. To me. The graphics didn't love this story, but it was just kooky and weird. So I can but play these games. There are some strangers out there playing. Right. Uh, coming in in third is uh, Freedom Wars, and then fourth is Sword of Art Online, Hollow Fragment. Um, and then we go through digital releases. I'll just I'll just knock the rest of these out and give it back to you for the rest of the news. So best digital releases: Infamous First Light came in as number one. Walking Dead season two is number two. Uh, one of the LBK favorites, Outlast, came in at number three. Good times. And then again, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth uh, came in as number four for the digital releases. And then for best PS Plus games, um, I'm not sure that I agree with the the rank on this one. Number one coming in is uh, Bioshock Infinite, fantastic game, um, Injustice Gods Among Us, Batman Arkham City, and then Tomb Raider is rounding out the fourth spot. So are there any PlayStation Plus games that you think should have filled these spots? Because for me, again, Outlast was such, such an amazing experience to be able to play through with a bunch of friends, sit around the PlayStation 4 in the dark dungeon of the library. Out, right? Yeah, just oh be horrified. Like, that to me... We had, some, um, we had some good times. Right. We did. So, I think, for me personally, I think Outlast bumps Arkham City to me. But was that a PS Plus game? Or it was. Like, December, right? It was yeah. Like I didn't have... Yeah. I think it was January. Um, that, to me, would have bumped out Arkham City. But, again, that's because I, I had played Arkham City previously. So, I guess if you're new and you haven't had the experience of playing, like, a Bioshock Infinite then yeah, that makes sense. Well, it, it makes sense too because like they're all AAA games, correct? So I mean, that's probably that that's probably a big defining so, point. Pushing on the other news we've got, and this one's kind of probably not really surprising, but Sony delays the PS4 launch in China. We've talked about it, that was going oh, to happen there. Sounds like it's, uh, the original ship date was going to be right here in January. Like yeah. like then this weekend, we were supposed to be getting PS4 or PS anything and, and uh, China not going to happen uh, a source told Reuters that it was negotiations with Chinese officials again not a surprise but it sounds like just negotiations breaking down they're not quite there yet sad thing is that there's no new release date yet like yeah. it's like delayed with no light at the end of the tunnel so you will get your games until then maybe, do, they, do you think they let them listen to Little Big Cast over there I don't know I don't know do they even have I would like hope. iTunes over stay there? tuned we we'll, we'll feed you your information <laughs> we are a pretty uh, 
legit. Look at us. And chi- yeah, look at us. Look at this. We're, we're an international friendly podcast. Maybe. We're I, I am I'm I, we are well represented. Boy, are we. All right, so then final rounding rounding out in our news section. Sony launching PlayStation Now subscription option. So up until now you could play PlayStation Now per game, rent your games out. Now you've got a subscription option for 19.99 a month you can have access to the PlayStation Now library, which like a Netflix, that seems very worthwhile. If you're not going to be popping 50 bucks on a single game, you know, the big titles, grab your whole back catalog and play them anytime you want Just for 20 do bucks. All of it. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a great deal. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. like uh, a lot of the complaints that have come out from the, uh, the PlayStation now have, have centered on the cost per game. And so this kind of uh, alleviates that that weight of the cost per anytime game setup. You and, yeah. you know, for 19.99 a month, I mean, if you're buying one digital download a month that's on sale, you're spending more still than you are for this monthly subscription. So it gives you access to hundreds of games, uh, vastly expands your, your library, library that's at your fingertips. This launches on the, on the 13th of January, so not much, not much time, not much, like another six days and you're on it. Another, this is another piece of news that was announced um, here, here at CES, so it's that's very correct. exciting. Um, and that, my friends, is the news. The news. Da, da, da. So then we'll kick it over to Rachel. Uh, our new releases is pretty much the same as last week, but Rachel, you can uh, kind yeah. of get, We want to hear your sultry voice. Sounds good. My sultry voice. All right. Um, January 20th, we have Citizens of Earth. Jan- uh, also, Resident Evil comes out on January 20th. January 27th, we have four games coming out. Grim Fandango, Dying Light, Dynasty Warriors 8, Empires, and Saints Row 4, re-elected. So while being here at CES, I actually got the chance to play Dying Light. Is that what I... No. Nope, I didn't You played play a different Light. game. Oh, just kidding. We'll talk about that later. You played uh, Until Dawn. Yeah, that one. I played that one. Why so do they have to all done, start with D? You know what? Since we're done with uh, the, the new releases, let's just get into this. So um, yeah, we want to wrap kind of on the topic of just CES in general. What we've seen, what we've seen specifically that, um, that affects both the Sony platform, but also... Gaming the gaming in general, right? world gaming in world. general, right? Um, so Sony specific, uh, we were able to play here at the Sony booth. They've got the Order 1886. They've got a 15-minute demo that you're able to play. Um, I played it. Rachel played it. Have you? I did not get a chance to play it yet. So tell me what it's like. So Drew's been running multiple roles here at CES this year. While while Rachel and I have kind of been just playing and finding things to do, Drew's been working, been working like an adult. Well, yes, I've been I've been pulling my weight. Yeah. And, and, and I got a nice room at the Comfort Inn, and you guys, for already playing, got a suite at the win. I don't know how this happened. We got lucky. Our, uh, we do have a podcast producer named KT of KTData.net. Not sure if you've heard of him before, but you should have. International fame, uh, man of mystery. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, got, a, got us a, a suite at the win, so that's pretty wild. That's, that's your payment for all the shows you've done for him and all the hard work. So tell us about order. I want to know. All right. Such hard work. Uh, Why don't what? you take it off? The Which? order. The order. Uh, you played it through twice, right? Yeah, I played it a couple times. Um, it's pretty sweet. It start like what blows you away is just the graphics immediately. Um, just the wood paneling against uh, that you run into and see, and then also just like the blood stains that you get on your person and the blood stains you leave on the wall. Right. As gross and gory as that sounds, the blood was really awesome. That? It you was. It was. Stains? It was pretty oh, cool. Now I'm excited. I don't know. And plus, I wasn't really. Mm, I haven't done a lot of research on the order 1886. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. So when I played it, it was totally a warlike feel. Um, all the guns that you have, and it's just—it was a pretty smooth demo. Right. So the Order 1886 surrounds um, kind of this uh, false history in London, right, where uh, lycanthropes exist. It takes place and on so a ship. So I, I was really hoping—I was really hoping we were going to be able to fight a werewolf. And in the demo, I never experienced 
any kind of werewolf lycanthropic characters. Um, but Rachel's exactly right. The very first thing that you notice with the Order 1886 is the amazing like graphical quality of this game. It is stunningly beautiful. Um, in the same way that if, you, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, we did a kind of let's play together of um, uh, PT. Right. And in that, we got, we got crazy about the wood paneling in yeah, PT. We did. And what's crazy is that the, the flooring in this game, like, I don't know. For some reason, it's little things like the floor that I think speak the most about, like, the attention to detail that's put into a game. And the Order 1886 was able to create um, corridors and hallways and banisters and wood floors that looked like they looked real. In the same way that PT did, the difference is that PT was one hallway that never changed. Where, uh, you know, the Order 1886 is, you're in a firefight, like it's high speed, uh, duck and cover, you know, while maintaining that still graphical fidelity. And it was, it was amazing. Like, graphically, it's it's on point. Right, it got delayed a little bit, but do, do we have a release date for the Order? Is it... February, like 18th or 16th, I want to say. We can look it up. Why don't you guys February 31st. So, what one? I Dawn, Dawn. Until until Dawn is what I played. So, um, it kind of had a heavy rain feel. I haven't played heavy rain myself, but I watched other people play. And at the very beginning of the demo, it asks you questions like, "Are you more afraid of bugs? Are you more afraid of gore? Um, do you like the dark? Or are you?" Just, I don't so, know, basically. so it like sets you up for your own yeah, fears? Yeah, kind of. So it's going to be, I'm pretty sure the demo is all the same, but it kind of sets you up to play how what you're afraid wow, of. So yeah. that's kind Yikes. of how it starts off. Um, the demo that I played, I was Hayden Panettiere. Everyone's Hayden Panettiere, and she dances around in a little towel and gets chased around. Very, very that's slasher. Sh- that's, that's game. Slasher yeah. horror flick. But I'm assuming that there are more characters in the game. So Hayden, because it, start, it starts off kind of like it was a journal entry. So it's like Sam, then it gives you the time and the location. So I'm guessing that there are other people in these woods or wherever they are. So you run around, and it's like very, like I said, heavy rainy. Um, the controls move with your controllers. Because you're kind of picking your yeah, you're making decisions as you move along. Yeah, so it's like you can run from this guy who's chasing you, or you can hide. In a telltale style, or different? Like, was it, uh, it's like less options. With, but oh, okay. More graphics and fewer options. So you're yeah. you're making quick decisions. Like I'm heading in this direction. I'm heading this direction. I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna fight this guy. Okay. Right. Got it. Got it. So it's like run or hide, and then just the same thing. Like to lock the door, you have to slide the <laughs> controller. Um, and then there was a moment that. There was the guy who was right behind you, and in order for you not to get caught, you have to hold your controller still. And there's like oh. a little, there's a little meter, so it's like you're holding your breath. I, so I love that. I it was love pretty that. cool. It was really interactive. Um, it'll be, it'll be a good game. Creepy, and it's like lazy gameplay is how I've always explained it. So it's like, I want to get, I don't know. We could do it. It'd be fun. It'd be fun if we did another live stream of it. I think. So that's here. That's here in the Sony booth. Or yep. Demo? So it's a really quick demo. There's a lot of stuff here at the show. There's. Uh, I myself have spent a lot of time in, in the 3D printing zone, the tech zone, and even then I'm finding things that uh, I can't wait to be put into the gaming world. Um, I, we, well, I guess we've talked about most of the games. You guys have other games you played? Because it's more like tech gear. Um, you play anything else besides those those so games? The the only other thing I'll say about the order is um, the oh. gunplay in it. Like uh, initial gameplay kind of reviews were saying that the gunplay was was not on point, and I really felt like that 
was not the case today, did you? I didn't feel so I mean, at playing all. Playing through the order, it felt very tight, um, and it felt like the cinematic between like gameplay and cinematics flowed very well. Did you? Uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, comparing it to what I've been playing, which is Far Cry 4, I mean, it was it was tougher because like the gun moves. The gun moves away yeah, from your target. Yeah, it feels very realistic, right? Yeah, and, so and very, even, I liked it. Even the gunplay feels very cinematic. A lot of times with, with games like Uncharted or games like uh, The Last of Us, pew, um, pew. the cinematic elements um, are very, very different from the gameplay elements, right? Like in Uncharted, you'll get bogged down in a firefight with 30 dudes and you're just like... All you can do is just like you're just running trying to find the next guy and trying to avoid being killed. Where this one... Um, it still kind of feels like you're in a motion picture walking through this gun battle. Um, so just to clarify, the order comes out February 20th of this year. It's very soon. Yeah. Oh, I forgot it was 2015. Until Dawn uh, does not have a release date yet, but both games are PlayStation exclusives. So they will only be found on the PlayStation 4, which is very Yay. exciting. Um, the only other thing that I really wanted to talk about gaming-wise was um, our experience with the Oculus Rift. It was so sweet. Okay. Well, and I was just going to mention what I've been doing over at the White Clouds and doing stuff over in the 3D printing zone. I found things that I can't wait to get make their way to gaming. Like, they had eye-tracking systems. And usually you only find eye-tracking in, like, uses for, like, when you're uh, doing research for academics. Right? Okay, what are people looking at in this ad or that ad? And it creates a little hotspot of where the eyeballs rest. But they had a $99 uh, eye-tracking system that could eventually make its way into gaming where you could play things with your eyeballs. Like where you look is where you shoot. And they had some demos like that. And so I played some games where I was staring at the TV and wherever I would look, my character would, would aim That's his gum. Sweet. Played Fruit Ninja with my eyeballs. I don't know how many people can say that. Slash. Right? Slashing fruit with eyeballs. So... That, I think that's something that's like further down the road, but you guys got a chance to play with the Oculus Rift here on the floor. You and I played last year, and I touched it the year before when it was still made out of duct tape, so I'd like to hear how it's going. You want to go first? Crazy, yeah. So um, I've only kind of used the Oculus Rift once, and that was just to see fireworks and stuff, and it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty to like look around and the fact that it's completely 3D. But this time, we waited in line for it, and it was totally worth it. It was like a 6-10 to 10 minute demo. And it was just unreal to me. It brought up different scenarios. So in one scene, you could see these polygonal meese and like squirrel. like a little big planet kind of like right, right? cutesy. Mises. Only like a little Mises. big. Kind of like a little big planet kind of cutesy little just scene yeah. that you could look at, right? There's right? firefighters squirting water. There's people inside the building like, help us. Yeah, there was tons. And then the next scene would be like literally a giant T-Rex roaring in your face. And it's like... I felt like an idiot, but I wanted to touch it. I wanted to know what it. I wanted to know what it felt like, and I wanted to just pet it. So. Did you step back when he like? I I found myself kind of reacting to the different environments that were replaced in, um, and so what's what's really cool is last year when we tested it out, it, we had a controller in our hand and we were playing, and it it felt very dated as far as like graphically what you were looking at, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and even from the first time, all I remember is more like being inside of a Minecraft world, right? It's right. like you stepped back to the original Xbox, yep. right? Like yep. you were back on an Xbox or a PS2. Just very simple, very plain, not a whole lot of polygons, not, not much. Right. You knew what you were looking at, but it wasn't, you weren't immersed, right? right? Yeah. I think immersion is, is probably the right word to describe how the rig feels today. Because, um, and, and this really is what I'm most looking forward to with Project Morpheus. So Morpheus is not at CES 2015. We haven't heard anything about it for a little while. Um, but if, if Sony can do with Project Morpheus 
what the Oculus Rift was able to let us experience here at CES this year, big things are in store for us because we um, basically, you know, you go through and at one point uh, they give an Unreal Engine demo, right? So you have the Unreal Engine logo pop up and you are in the middle of a firefight taking place on just a city street and you have cars blowing, like there's a big giant robot like shooting missiles at you. And at one point, you kind of feel like you're in the Matrix because this bullet shoots at you and like, I, you see it coming at you and I slowly was like, right. I moved and I watched it go past me. Like, lean back. like I literally watched this like bullet go past me and it was just like, you, immersion. Like that's, that, that was like the main draw that I took from it is you felt fully immersed in the world that they had created and it felt believable. Sure. And a couple well, of billion helped from Facebook to get oh, it to for that sure, point, right. right? But I, I think Morpheus has probably got that back, and I think I, I'm hoping to see it, and probably be E3 or so before we hear much more. Right. And so, like, I instantly like everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I'm a Destiny geek. What? Uh, I instantly right? Shock. Since it's when? Shocking. What I want to know is how you've made it this far in the week without touching Destiny. I've got drugs that <laughs> I've been. I've got I've Red got, Bull. I've got little Guardian drugs that I'm injecting. I've got little Dinklebot. Juice that I've been uh, drinking. Oh, I don't say juice. <laughs> Dinklebot juice. Oh. Uh, but um, like I just I kept thinking like, man, what if you had this rig on playing Destiny? Like, what if you were on the planets experiencing them with this like immersive kind of reality? Touch like the aliens and it would be amazing. <laughs> so um, I I think the Oculus Rift more than anything else made me excited for Morpheus made me excited for what Sony has um, that they're hanging on to that they're waiting to to really debut and show off Um, and that's that's all I got do you have anything else? I was going to say we probably ought to get ourselves some access to E3 this year and the PlayStation experience at the end of the year because I think I think uh, not all of us can be fancy press people who've yeah, already been to well, yes, E3. We can. Oh yes, we can. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, have you guys seen? That? I'm not even sure of what booth is doing this, but they have the. Uh, uh, you stand in it and you have special shoes and you slip around you, and you can like move inside and, and shoot 3D and run around in 3D. I don't know if the Oculus is. Do you guys remember the movie Blank Check with Sinbad? Right. Because that's that's what it was. Yeah, except better. <laughs> it's, it's it looked better. It looks cool. Um, but graphically, I didn't think. Like the the graphics weren't there. Like the immersion wasn't there, and that is what um, this level of haptic, you know, or something. Right? There was some more interaction and not just head turning. Right? The guys were like sweaty, and yeah. I'm like, if you're running around from these things, like, that's a pretty decent workout. Straight out of Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need some jumbotron suits to get going. Some some of these players get off the couch and be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta oh, walk. Hold geez. on. No, they'll right. just they'll just thumb drive it. But I, I'm excited to see that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that's here technology wise. Have you guys ran into anything else in booths that you? You're excited to see in the gaming world. I did, but now it's gone. <laughs> Vanished. We could tell them about our, our parties last night. So we spent, of course, we spent our days exploring the the whole floor, <laughs> seeing not. what's going on. <laughs> but we've also been very wise about planning what we do in our evening hours. And so while I was making videos one one night, uh, we did some party hopping. After that, uh, last night was pretty dang cool because the one of the parties gave us a full uh, access to the rooftop of the stratosphere so we all showed up there and rode rides jeff made me ride some of all three of the scary rides i freaked out on everyone like a man i was i remember we were swimming around in the swings and he's like just hold your hands out and he's like looking down 108 stories like 108 floors into the parking lots and he's like just hold your hands out i'm just like i can't let go i barely got it for like two seconds maybe there but, was one girl buried in her buried, buried. in her jacket that's, and that's what, yeah, I had to close my eyes for a lot of it. So it's a really, it was, we've had some good times here. Lots of good fun. 
Last night we got to go to a MakerBot party where they had the Pinball Hall of Fame locked out for us. So we got to play all the pinball. Every game you've ever seen on pinball was available for us to play with free food trucks. So we're having a good time at the party. There's lots to see, lots to do. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, what, what are you hoping for? I mean, we still got another day and a half. What are you hoping to see? It's excitement. I don't really have anything I'm too excited for. It's just fun. I'm just here. I'm just here for all of it. So. See, and I, I, I'll probably make another pass through the Oculus Rift. Um, it really was so immersive. Yeah, super, super good. So um, I think the Foo Fighters are telling us that it's time for us to get off. Uh, so this has been episode 37, people. 37 of the Little Big Cast at CES 2015 live. Thank you for joining us. I'm at Jeff Hawks with me as always. At Pirate Rachel. And you can catch me at Night 20. And together we are at Little Big Cast with a K. Yay. So please tweet at us, follow us, email us, littlebigcast.ktdata.net. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Later.